Warning. This is not your normal podcast. Its purpose is to provide thought-provoking dialogue with a slighted perspective. Here we encourage influential conversations. Give us a listen, like and share. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome to CEO and the Doctor. Space. Yes, sir. We have not been timely this season. We apologize for that. But uh, we got a show. Um, a lot has happened in our country over the last yeah. couple weeks. So yes. we decided to finally put something together. We actually have someone on the line today, uh, Miss Ashley Fiorito. So go ahead and say hello, ma'am. Hello, everybody. We are happy to have you. Uh, P got some shit going on with himself, so man, <laughs> he's fighting through man. some pain. <laughs> Health. Uh, look, everybody, excuse me for looking like I got a a mouthful of skull. I got a mouthful of swelling because I got an abscess tooth. So I'm on a little bit of medication right now. So I'm feeling kind of good, but make no mistake, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. You know, I know we start kind of light and. Uh, you know, the, the main conversations are, um, it, they're very, very disturbing and, um, they don't make me feel any optimism for where we are currently as a country and where we ha- we're headed. So, you know, let's get this thing rolling. Without further ado, uh, shit, let's go. So we'll start with the flash and I'll begin with this. So last summer we talked about, uh, you know, Juneteenth being made as a federal holiday and, you know, that's on both sides of the house as far as how you feel about it, whether it's something that's good for, you know, the folks of, you know, color minority, or if it's something that just kind of like we giving you something so you can stop complaining about other things. But then this mm. year, the first full year after the announcement, so the second, uh, you know, I guess, celebration of the holiday, we already see monetization. Many different places. Walmart, um, apparently dollar stores, making yeah. cups, plates, balloons. Walmart made an ice cream. Like, to me, all this shit's offensive, right? <laughs> like, All of it is. Like what? All of it is how do you? I mean, the ice cream was no kidding, brown, green, and I believe uh, red, right? Like in the colors yeah. of. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even yeah. understand how you can like conceptualize this is a good idea. But I'm gonna open the floor, P. I'm gonna let you have it, and then we'll let Ashley jump in and see how uh, she feels about it. You know, when 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 this thing first popped up, like I said, man, like this is just the appeasement. Just here, shut the fuck up. You know, we're gonna give y'all finally gonna give y'all another holiday. But I, I can't say that this is anything more than a, 
a color thing. When I say color, I mean green. Every every holiday in America is monetized. You know, and when you think of Christmas and the purpose of Christmas is not to give gifts in the abundance in which we give them, but we do it. You know, so everything is about making money in this country. And as we f go further and further along in the show, it's going to highlight how important making money is at the detriment of so many other important things. So, uh, sure, it's the typical American bullshit. I'm not surprised. Uh, Miss Ashley, how do you feel about this? Um, so, I, I mean, I, I let me just preface it by saying I, I understand that I my opinion really shouldn't matter on this because I am, in fact, a white woman. But um, I do think that it's, it's completely ridiculous for anybody except um, black people to make any money off June, uh, Juneteenth. Uh, and it is, like Clark says, specifically just for money. They, they thought that they could appease black people in America by giving them this holiday and then turn around and try to make a profit off of it. And it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much the going rate on this topic. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we've seen, you know, other things in the past where it's like, you know, we try to have something that's celebratory to the culture. And then ultimately, you know, somebody figures a way out to monetize it and take their own liberties out of it. Mm -hmm. And this is just that um, I don't feel like we have to harp on it, but I always find it very, very cynical at times. Like this shit that happens around this place talking about United States of America is like nobody ever like checks this shit. Like when, when we come yeah. up with the ideas, right? Like we're sitting in a board me like, Hey, we're about to make Juneteenth ice cream. And nobody in the room was like, uh, what? <laughs> like that's a bad look. Yeah. Partner. It's, it's a bad look. Instead. They're like, fuck it, push it out, roll it out. Like, I'm like, there's no way that happens. Right. In, in my mental state of, no. of understanding, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, let's jump into these rent prices. P I'm gonna let you take this one. Yeah. So they're speculating rent prices by the summer are going to be, I was a $2,000 a month, man. And, you know, minimum wage hasn't changed and we still don't have a federal minimum wage. Most states haven't. Some states have passed a local minimum wage, but most of them have it. So um, even with the changes to $15 an hour, I don't know how people, uh, well, excuse me, how America plans on their people to survive. It's people to survive paying that kind of rent. Then you throw in gas prices. I mean, it's insane. You know, mm -hmm. I can't even imagine uh, people having to take a drive 30 minutes, you know, one way and they have to refill every week. That's got to be insane. You know, the, the cost that's involved. So again, everything is in this country centered around money. Uh, you know, you're going to, you're pricing people out of homes. You're pricing, you, you're about to price them out of apartments. Then what are they going to do? You know, no one is even saying anything about rent freezes or anything else across the board in this country. So, you know, everything is, reactionary nothing's proactive in this country anymore so you know they're gonna see people struggling and more bankruptcies and the economy is already you know we're already going through a, a, a bad batch of inflation right now so it's just going to continue and nobody's going to do anything about it very true um miss ashley first let me, i'm sorry i gave you a terrible introduction this is this is one of our brother's uh wife uh miss ashley Fiorito. so let's start with that so this is gino's wife that you that we have on the phone so we'd like to thank her for coming first and i'm sorry i didn't preface it with that that just shows how rusty we are doing this show <laughs> but uh what's what's your thoughts on this on this whole rent thing um so i mean fortunately 
being in the military, I don't, it doesn't affect me as much as it affects uh, civilian people or people within my family, but yeah, there's, there's no way that people can survive the way the economy's going, the way rent's going, the way minimum wage is staying stagnant. Um, it's just, it's, you're just asking for things to just collapse. You expect people to do um, labor and jobs that other people don't want to do and then get paid barely anything for it and then also have to struggle to find somewhere to live, but they also need to be great parents and they also need to do all these other things. It's, you're not giving anybody a break anywhere. So I, I just, I don't see how this is going to result in anything except uh, chaos. Man, that's, I mean, that's, that's deep rooted because, you know, um, of course my brothers know, but, uh, like this is the first time that I've rented in a very long time. So when I moved to Las Vegas last year, it was very much the height of the seller's market and it was difficult to buy because there were so many cash offers as one, but then a lot of people are just selling their homes as is. And it's like, well, if you don't want it, somebody else wants it. And I just couldn't stomach that, you know, being that this would have been my fourth house and the most expensive house. So we decided to rent. You know, so I preface, I say all that to say, like, I'm paying, we're paying, me and my wife, 1975 which is more than my current mortgage, mortgage that I still have on my Texas home <laughs> by a significant amount, actually. So now just to hear that that's about to be the median of price across the entire country is yeah. absolutely ridiculous to me. Now, I know there's a lot of people, people that we know, you know, that are into real estate and, you know, they're all about their profits and, you know, cash flows and all that. And that part of it, of course, we want to see people do good and win. But when you just think about how the country's going and you're just putting a flat price on, it's about $2,000 to get anything around the entire country. Mm -hmm. It's just ridiculous to me because we know that there's very much parts of this country that are not economically stable that can support certain situations like that, you know, like, so that's kind of where my worries are. And then, you know, like, I feel like our country always has to, before the bottom falls out, like, we got to ride it to the rim is, like, hitting the ground, yeah. right? Like, so yeah. I feel like this is where we are. Like, the rim is about to start mm-hmm. hitting the ground, and nobody's trying to decelerate. Instead, they're still, like, going pedal to the metal until there's just, like, nothing left. And, bro, it's going to be wild, man. It's going to be wild. I forget how much money we just gave to Ukraine for their, their mm-hmm. situation. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, how do we ever, you know, think about, where we need to maybe prioritize some of that money internally and then allocate those funds to said, you know, I guess causes, whether that's, you know, in this case, the the housing market or whatever. Like, because like Ashley said, like you said, like, I don't know how people are going to be able to no. adjust to that type of price. No. It's going to be a lot of people <clears throat> just looking for government subsidies or whatever. Like, and that's just going to yeah. make shit worse, in my opinion. So I don't know, man. It's a wild time to be alive right now. That's all I can say. Very wild time yeah. to be alive. America is just one of the most apoplectic places on earth, man. It's it, a hell of a word. The, the attitude, <laughs> the, the attitude is, it ain't me. As long yeah. as it ain't happening to me, it does, it's not happening. No one has any any sympathy for another. No one tries to even walk in the shoes of somebody else. You know, rent doesn't have to be this high. There's nothing that's driving it to be this high except greed. Gas Facts. doesn't have to be this high. Nothing was driving it but greed. Facts. That's all. Facts, man. Okay, so we move on to federal police reform. So, P, uh, once again, I mean, you hit me with these type of things, and uh, I know that you have a background in criminal justice. So talk about this a little bit. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of people 
I want to. I don't want to. You know, insult anyone's intelligence, but we got to think about you know federal versus state mm-hmm. because this does right. not apply across the board. So go so, ahead and tell me a little bit about this. Okay, so for instance, local police departments, like you said, local police departments don't even have to follow these rules. It's all federal. So we won't see this these kinds of changes or whatever the changes are that's listed in the executive order uh, at the ground level. We won't. It, they're they're just. I believe there's a, it's a starting point, and maybe it's the plan is for it to be an example for um, state and local police departments. But it's still about funding and ultimately doing the right thing. Uh, you know, as we've already talked about, police unions pretty much run how police do business in this country, state to state, local. It does not matter. Police unions have all the say. Uh, they demand more money. They get more money. Uh, you know, they defend their officers no matter how good and no matter how bad they are. So I don't see that this is anything other than a gesture at the federal level, but it's not going to do anything at the local level. Yeah, and I think that's the key. Uh, I'm going to jump in really, really quick because when you read certain things like this, um, sometimes you have to, like, really understand at what point and what level you know they're talking so an executive order has nothing to do basically with a state order so he's talking to his hundred thousand plus that are federally federal cops if you want to look at it like that of what they have to abide by but states will still have their own i guess i don't want to call it jurisdiction but their own ways of policing and those type of things so the things that we really want to see like p has illustrated probably won't be visible based off of what was just passed but we hope the hope always is that at some point state governments will state and federal government will start to like somewhat like I guess marry their ideas <laughs> so so that we can kind of get some consistency because I think with it you know we can go state by state when we just talk about education and it makes no sense that states are ranked one through 50 based on how they actually educate as if, you know, somebody's teaching something different. We should all be learning the same thing no matter where you grow yeah. up in America. But we know that's not the case. So this is one of those situations when we look at how policing is done and we think, okay, well, federal cops are held to this standard, but the people who actually deal with us on a day-to-day basis are still held to whatever standard is not quite getting the job done and treating people no. the way they want to be treated. So. That's my thoughts on it. So, you know, you read these things and, you know, you want to be optimistic. But in a, ideally for me, there's not a lot to be optimistic about if it's not really dealing with the situations that are around me daily. Just my input. Ash, you want to comment on that at all? Um, I mean, what you both said, it's a piece of paper, essentially. There is what is what are the words without the action behind it and like you said the the police that we interact with on a daily basis are state funded police so um if the reform doesn't affect them and if they aren't going to prosecute them when they do break the policies that are being put in place it it really benefits no one it just sounds nice <laughs> i like it man she's direct and to the yeah. point now i'm, I'm gonna give myself an applause really quick p <laughs> You might say why, <laughs> because that's the most efficient freaking flash we didn't had in years. <laughs> yes, I mean, our flash could be two minutes or it could be 35 minutes. So I appreciate us really having a real respectable flash. But with that, let's roll right into news, news. And this shit is wild. Here we go. <laughs> Which this one is- you going to start? Okay, the 33 kids. No. <laughs> 
um, I, 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 I don't, I really, I don't know how I feel about this. I would not want 33 kids. I mean, I'm fine with two, um, and they're adults. So I'm even better, but Hey, look, if the man had 33 kids and I don't, the mother of these kids, they're cool with it and they're able to take care of their kids. That's all I ask. Now, there are some people with one kid that can't take care of the kids. If, they, if he's taking care of 33, him and his wife taking care of 33, kudos to you. But damn, <laughs> that's a lot of kids, bro. So this is my thing, man. I, so for me, I feel like I'm going to have to take the other side of the road. It's, it's, it's not the kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, babies are blessings. And this man has, he's only 30 years old. And he has more children than he has life experience <laughs> based off of age. It's ridiculous. But this is the part that resonated with me, and I found it kind of disturbing. He says, I have mm. no career, so this is my legacy. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I'm not okay with that perspective on why you have populated the earth <laughs> so many times with your DNA. Bro, like, you, those two things are not comparable for me. Like, you have no, no. career, so your children become your legacy. But uh, what I'm saying is, what is the support function for these children? Um, I'm not I'm not talking about parenting here. I'm just saying like you right. said you have no career. So what does that mean? Are you a yeah. hustler? I mean, are you scraping? I, 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 I how's mean, he making money? Bruh. How's he feeding him? How's he clothing him? How's he, he keeping a roof over their head? He must be a really good communicator because if all of these women because I'm guaranteeing this is not by one, two or three or maybe even five. These nah. are multiple women. If they mm-hmm. all were to put him on child support or something like that, bro, what do you how? <laughs> like, how is that even possible for you to be able to? Uh, to foot the bill for 33 different support cases. So, I mean, sometimes you can be a bit reckless, and I'm taking the reckless approach here. Like, that's reckless to me. But, <laughs> Ashley, I mean, you you are a mother. <laughs> you tell us. How do you feel about a man who says his legacy is just 33 children? Um, So I saw him on Facebook Live, like, going off about how he has money to support these kids, and he was like, throwing money on camera and things like that so that just lets you know he's not very mature but also a lot of people are saying well if he can take care of them but what is taking care of a child it's not just monetary like what are you instilling in these children there's there's no teacher struggle to give individual time to a classroom of 30 children right so how is this father giving individual time and raising these children and there's 33 of them and they're not all under the same roof i'm assuming if they all have different mothers a lot of them have different mothers so i I just don't see how you can really raise them yeah you support them financially however he does that but is he raising them or just paying for them because that's that's not being a parent can he make right how how much of an emotional and, and investment? Because yeah, you you made sure they had clothes and mm-hmm. food and things like that. But what about their morals and their ethics and they're teaching them life lessons? Where's all that at? You can't do that for thirty three kids. I could barely do it for three. Now that's see that's definitely perspective because now we're taking yeah. the male side of things where we're natural protectors, and then you have the female perspective where they're naturally nurturers. And so hearing your your conversation exactly like I wasn't even thinking about being emotionally either. invested over the uh, over the span of 33 different children at all different ages like that's beyond taxing you know what i mean like i said that like, like oh well, my god like yeah. when does your day stop <laughs> you know what i'm saying and Sheesh. you know i just had a thought 
what are the what are his sons learning from this? Bruh. Hmm. Now there's another perspective. See, I like I, yeah. I mean again, like you know, like you said, we try to be the precautionary tale, especially when we have sons, young African American yeah. sons, and we try to you know, I guess prepare them for the world and tell them our mistakes so they can make better choices. But I mean, they're watching their dad continuously <laughs> bring another sibling into the world, and they're like, uh, I don't know. And not just a, not just another yeah. and another and another. He's got a thirty-three, another, 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 another. Jesus Christ! Right. And not doing it under any. And I'm, I'm not saying this is the way it always has to be, but I'm saying like definitely not doing it under the sense of a marriage or anything like that. Like he's just right. fathering children. So yeah, I don't it. know. You know, there's no family it. construct. Yeah. None. This yeah. is definitely, you know, <laughs> to quote an old song, Father Papa was a Rolling Stone. This is that. Like, yeah. to the utmost. To the utmost, I mean. <laughs> yeah, he's sprinting. He ain't rolling. He's sprinting. Hey, bro, something. <laughs> bowling. Bowling it down there. All right, man. So, <laughs> this one is you, P. <laughs> you Yo, got to run with all this right, one. All right. Actually, I don't know who sent it to me, but it's. Will. It's I think it was Will. Will sent it. Yeah, I think Will sent it. <laughs> Oh my God! This woman broke into this guy's house to give him a blowjob, and she was pissed be- because he he turned her in. Um, it's funny as fuck. I must say, first of all, <laughs> and all right, as a man, all right, I'm just gonna take a, a, a weird perspective here. No, I'm not, it's not even a weird perspective. As a man, I don't want you breaking in my house. You can ring the doorbell if it's that bad. <laughs> did we cl- did we clarify if she knew him? No, that's the thing. I don't. There's no way this is just like she pure had to have known breaking him. She her. had to have known him, and he probably was like, "Man, she crazy, bro. I don't oh. have nothing to do with her." Ash, we we take these turns on news news, so it's kind of like the weird shit that we find that like falls into mm-hmm. our lap, and these literally fell into our lap. So one eighty. E-break. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I, ring the doorbell. You know, I, I don't know that there's a excuse me. I don't know that there's a, a blowjob that's worth uh, me replacing a window, a lock, or anything like that on my house. <laughs> I'm, seriously, I don't. I just don't. Oh shit! Okay, so all right, Ash, there you go. Um, well, <laughs> where you so at on this? I, one? <laughs> I scrolled past this and I just read the headline and I was like, that sounds ridiculous. Um, but I mean, it, I, I was inclined to look at it from what if a man broke into a woman's house mm. and did the same thing, you know, we would mm-hmm. be looking at this differently. I, I don't think it would be mm-hmm. as funny then, but I think that men are perceived like they're shown in uh, society as like, just always they'll, they'll take sex no matter how they get it. They're always down. And I don't think that that's always the case for every man, especially if, You've already established mm-hmm. that you don't want to have a relationship with this woman, any type of relationship. So I mean, it's it's assault, it's sexual assault, to to Back, be clear. Sure. So the the fact that she <laughs> she thinks that she was angry that he would report her, um, I just think that people need to look at it from the perspective of if the roles were reversed and he broke into her home, we would have yeah. no problem calling it assault. And maybe yeah. we need to but like. I, police ourselves like talking about me uh for chuckling because you're right because that's absolutely considered like a predatorial type thing if it's if it's man 
the headline like a man breaks in the house and gives woman fellatio oh my god like that's predatorial yeah. like there's what's nothing wrong with cute about that it's not right exactly but we are able yeah. to i guess like i don't know like suppress you know the truth in the matter that like you said it is definitely sexual assault and then think like you know like oh well what guy wouldn't be i don't know whatever you want to put to it when it comes to this situation versus the guy yeah. actually saying i don't like this shit so i guess that's as males we look at that as like that's probably not the case but sometimes it is the case but he didn't like this he turned her in like yo this ain't what i'm with so um right. yeah well she's insane so yeah she, well, that's, that's wild as shit <laughs> like I don't, I don't know i mean it is you got that yeah. and then you got like a lorena bobby like they, they probably like in the same sentence <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> pretty crazy shit crazy crazy so and since we're uh, talking about penises <laughs> we you, you sent me since we on this this the whole realm of penises you sent me this uh guy in in, in britain had a a disease um uh, that oh, cut Lord off mercy. blood flow to nice. his nether regions and um the shit literally <laughs> fell off bro it literally fell off <laughs> and he had it put on his arm yeah they so they <laughs> Apparently they did some type of um, I don't even know what you want to call it, but because uh, I don't even know how medical science has evolved and advanced to where we are because we can do everything. But basically they grew him another one <laughs> and they chose one of his arms to be like, I guess, the the, the placement of growth for said uh, penis and uh, it had to grow there. For X amount of time, but due to COVID and some other complications or restrictions, I should say, uh, he never had a chance to get it removed and then implanted to where it was supposed to be in the nether regions, as Proctor said. So he wore this penis arm for multiple years. And he talked about, uh, and this is wild because I watched Dr. Pimple Popper with my wife and she always removing mm -hmm. like wild shit. Or I watched that other shit, like I think it's called Monsters Inside of Me, when you got crazy mm -hmm. shit growing in your body or whatever. And I watched that with her. And sometimes you see some wild shit on there, right? <laughs> I've never Not seen this story, wild. of course. But but moral of the story where I'm going with this is, is that because he could not get it, uh, I guess, surgically removed and put where it's supposed to be, he had to discontinue with normal life and so now i have to chuckle and y'all can excuse me because i've been no, drinking and, and everything so he tells a story about being in a grocery store and i can't make this up this is straight out the article you know an older lady asked him for help she was older and short <laughs> and she needed something off the top shelf in the grocery store so old buddy being a gentleman raises up to get whatever she needs and apparently I, maybe he's hovering over, you know, the older lady, and and the the, the penis thing fell out <laughs> of his shirt and almost hit her in the forehead. And he said that was the absolute like worst day of his life. Like he said, he's never felt worse. <laughs> and so I'm just trying to like picture how this could happen, and I wasn't able to like connect the dots, <laughs> and I lost nah, my shit. I, 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 I literally I lost my shit. Um, but he has it on now. He has it sewn where it's supposed to be now, apparently. But that's got to be a wild thing when a doctor tells you guys. Because I figure, like, you know, like when you have knee surgery, right? They right. might tell you, hey, we got to take, you know, the cultures out of this knee and grow them and then put it over here or whatever. All right, so shit like that happens. Mm -hmm. But not like we're going to grow a whole, you know, penis off of your arm to then put where you lost your penis. I don't know, bro. That's a wild thing. I I don't know if I could have went through with that, but uh, yeah, science yeah. is pretty pretty science amazing. Is wild. <laughs> science, yeah, science is pretty amazing. Wild. I don't know, bro. 
I don't know. Ash, do you have any comments on that? I don't know if that makes you uncomfortable or I, what. As a woman, no, I um, <laughs> I think so. I've heard of them growing ears on people's arms. Yes, like when they do with the, and I've with heard the rats. Of, they put ears on backs and yeah. rats and shit. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. and I've heard of them like um, when somebody has brain surgery, they'll take the skull, the piece of skull, and keep it inside the um, torso so that it can keep blood flow. So I know science is crazy and they can do a lot of crazy things i just think that they should have maybe uh gave him a better idea on how to restrain it while he's out in public maybe <laughs> maybe a little ace bandage or something but um i'm glad that he finally got it where it should have been can you imagine uh, now i'm getting ridiculous and y'all have to excuse me but can you imagine if you know you had to go get a tailor to make certain shirts to put the Penis sleeve in your. Okay, I'm getting ridiculous now. That's absolutely okay. Classic stuff. Oh my CO God. is tripping. <laughs> CO, CO is somewhere else. But you know, all right. Uh, we probably need this laughter before we head into yeah, the next, next few topics we because you know things get dark and they get very very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all three really really passionate about the next three topics. Um, and, and what they mean to us as a human being and as a society. Um, so let's move on to the next one, bro. All right, man. So now we're going to dive into conversations and you guys know how we do, uh, at this part of the show. So jumping right into conversations, as you see up there, that's the order. Um, we just got to start with Roe versus Wade. Um, P. We're not going to be, you know, the guys that have the lady start on this. Let's just open the door, okay, Mm -hmm. and put our thoughts out there and then have, you know, Ashley, uh, I guess, support and carry this conversation on her thoughts because she is a woman like many women who believe men have no right to be, you know, deciding what they do with their bodies. But, um, yeah, let's let's, let's go ahead and open this floor. All right, so for me, okay, so – Row on its face. I think that, like you said, no man has any any say in what a woman does with her body. None, and and it's it it baffles my mind that, um, and I'll say it: white Republican men feel this this great need to control a woman's body, tell her what she can and can't do with her body. Uh, but I don't want to have anything to do with that because, on the flip side. I wouldn't want a woman to tell me what I can do and what I can't do with my body. Uh, but I think the larger issue has more to do with choice. It has Roe is just the catalyst, but the, the overall overarching objective is to limit control that women have over their own reproductive rights. And if you can do that, it's going to lead into other things um, such as, you know, how you regulate what black people, brown people can do in this country. It can, it, it's going to lead to um, limiting what uh, the LBGTQ community can do in this country. The, bro is just the start, you know, and that's how I feel about it. Uh, we are, are at a very, very dark point in this country um, for we to have made as much progress as we've had technologically. As a society, we are going backwards at a very, very rapid pace. Yeah, and I believe <clears throat> to support that um, with my two cents before we open the floor to Ashley is I believe that it's very dangerous to try to justify certain biblical um, actions um, when it comes to 
you know, how reproduction happens, but not regulate the whole entire country based off the same principles of of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people will run with, you know, when they figure life starts and when it doesn't start and the sins and the crimes it may be if you chose to do this, but they don't police themselves or govern themselves as then Bible instructs because as we can clearly yeah. see in a lot yeah. of different ways in this country, <clears throat> certain people are elevated a, above others, right? And treated in a different right. way and they have mm-hmm. different um, abilities to do certain things that others can't. So I always find that it's a very difficult uh, thing to kind of fathom that somebody can, you know, flip to that part of the Bible that works for their situation and, and yeah. quote it and live by it and roar by it and then like go off and, you know, scam money and treat people like crap and everything else. So to me, that's very difficult to understand with this. But the, the other part of this, though, is like you're talking about, like, you know, when this legislation legislation happened, you know, this was, I guess, showing that there was a way forward and they were people were actually having the ability to have certain rights that at that time were not afforded to them. At what point is it okay to reverse that? (laughs) Like what's the point of, you know, undoing something that gave people a certain liberty. Now, again, we can all have our own personal feelings about things the same way you may have your personal feelings when it comes to, you know, um, transgenders and those type of things. But I don't feel like, you know, that's my, if I'm not living my lifestyle in that way, or if I'm not in a situation that may have me contemplating a certain situation mm-hmm. like abortion, who am I to say, well, my views, though I have nothing to do with the situation, should take, you know, president over the person that is in the situation. I feel like right. that's where we do, this is a is a very bad, bad injustice. And this is, this, these are type things that will absolutely, like you said, lead to other things. And then before you know it, Everything that's civil about this country, though there's limited, <laughs> will be in complete uprising because you're just mm-hmm. you're repealing all the things that gave certain people, you know, liberties. Yet, you know, as we're going to talk about our next topic, you will fight tooth and nail to keep number two the way it is. No changes yeah. are needed there yeah, no, at all. No. But we can it's focus so on this other stuff. It's right? so, so hypocritical. And one last thing before, before uh, we give the floor to Ash. Uh, I, I actually I read the the Roe, uh, Roe versus Wade, um, decision, the lady that Roe is framed after she didn't, she was considering an abortion. She didn't have it. Her argument was about choice. It was not about having an abortion. Abortion was just the underlying issue. It was having the ability to choose what happens in her case. Which is important because choice, you know, like a lot of people always say, give me the choice to do whatever because this Mm -hmm. is my life. The heart beats in my chest versus the people who are trying to, like, tell me what to do. Like, (laughs) do what you want in your world and I'll do what I want in my world. I mean, I think that's Mm -hmm. the basic liberty, free speech, freedom of religion, freedom of just life. Like, we're not supposed to be suppressed. And I'm using air quotes. We're not supposed to be suppressed in this country by anything or anyone. Right. That's that's the way mm -hmm. they teach us. People are using the Bible to frame a lot of this argument. The greatest gift God gave us was agency. Mm. Look at that. Okay, Ms. Ashley, where are you at on this? So um, every every time I talk about um, Roe v. Wade or, you know, the Second Amendment or anything like that, everything is so intertwined in this country. 
mm-hmm. that it's kind of hard to talk about one without the other. So um, it, how I view it and how I've seen other people discuss Roe v. Wade is that um, it's not so much about the lives of these unborn babies is how they try to make it seem, but that, that's not what they care about. What they care about is power. And um, mm-hmm. Brock was right when he talked about how it's, um, you know, white men, white Republican men that are that are trying to police women's bodies. And it's not because they care about these unborn babies. It's because um, they want to control the population. They want to control. So it's rooted in white supremacy, to be completely honest, because mm-hmm. as we'll see later on with the Buffalo shooting, white people feel as though they're becoming outnumbered, which they are. And um, they want to control to have more of a, uh, a voting base. They want more white babies to live. And they know that if they give women this choice, that, you know, it's still going to continue to decline the white, the white populace. And then also, they want to control keeping people of color who may want to seek an abortion because they are maybe in poverty or just it's not a good situation for them. Um, they want to make sure that they continue to have these babies that they can't take care of or can't support or um, want to give up for adoption because that keeps them from becoming more powerful than them. So it's like twofold. They want to have more white people, more white people, because we're becoming outnumbered. And then they want to keep minorities down. And how do you do that? Then overwhelm them or um, have them suffer trauma by being forced into foster care because they have, they maybe had a young mother who couldn't take care of them. So they gave the baby up for adoption, but nobody really adopts babies. And when they do, it's it's not for the right reasons. So this baby then suffers trauma and then it's just a cycle. And it's all about control and it's all about power and it's all about them wanting to retain that power and how they can do that is by, well, one of the many ways that they do it is by policing women's bodies. And the thing is, is that just because they make abortion illegal, their mistresses and daughters will still be able to get them mm-hmm. because they have money and they have power and they'll have access yeah. to it regardless. They, they, they know who they're really limiting it for. So it's just, um, it's, it's not about babies. And the fact that they continuously bring uh, religion into politics is, is just baffling to me because there's supposed to be a separation between church and state. And there is for the fact that churches aren't taxed, but we still utilize the Bible in our way of thinking about laws and what's right and what's wrong. And it's just, it's ridiculous to me. Everybody in this country is not a Christian that follows the Bible. So our laws shouldn't be based on that. Um, yeah. I'm going forever about Roe v. Roe v. Wade, but no, that's deep. At the end of the day, it's about power. Indeed. Yeah. Because you figure like, like you just said, the separation of church and state, because they were very adamant when they removed certain things out of school. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people get ostracized now if they want to go pray you know, to themselves, or they have to take certain wording out of certain things, like the Pledge of Allegiance, and just going on and on, and before they just like, well, fuck it, we just take the whole thing out, but it's just like, yeah, it's crazy how, like, she just said, like, but then we can utilize it, and, you know, weaponize it, I should say, weaponize it for situations like this, you know, because mm-hmm. this is what we want, and what's really, <clears throat> you know, I, I get it, you know, the the way government is structured, it it was built to, I guess, withstand time, Right. Um, but it's, it's it's fascinating how people who can sit, you know, a rock's throw away from each other talking about the Senate and the House 
and you can get something through the house and then it runs into a fucking buzzsaw in the, in the Senate. It's yeah. just like, it's crazy how this works. And it's just like, what is the point of trying? And they always talk about, you know, like, oh, well, having a handshake deal across the aisle and all that other shit. Like, are we on the same page for the same thing for this country? Like, are we on the same page for the no. right, you know, way forward? Or is it all about, like, what I have control of and what I know my voting base will either, yeah. you know, push or deny, and then therefore we'll always be at a stalemate? Because that's where we are on just about mm -hmm. everything. And it's on like, everything. What's the point? <laughs> it makes no sense. So 70% of the country wants Roe v. Wade to be codified. 70% mm -hmm. want abortion to be legal. Basically, women to have choice. 70% yeah. want it. Yeah, But you absolutely. got a small, 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 small minority that um, trying to dictate <laughs> and fear monger for everything Ash just said. You know what? I, I was thinking, you know, um, as you, you touched on how they don't want black and brown women to have abortions uh, for the various reasons. Then the first thing that came to my mind was the school to prison pipeline. Yeah. Because yeah. prison is big business. You got to feed that beast. That's America's, that's, that's, that's what America's become. It's become feeding this beast of an economy that we have to continue to, to line the pockets of people in power, people that are in control and the little man suffers. And, you know, we can go back to what we talked about with the rent thing, with yeah. the gas prices. You know, and this is just one more indication of that thing. And as we go further and further, as we touch on Buffalo and Ovalde, you'll see how that all all unfolds. And that this is the thing that, that troubles me more than anything is the lack of critical thinking in this country. This stuff is obvious. It's not like they're hiding right. this shit. It's in plain sight. Right. It's very true, man. Um so that's our CEO and the doctor's perspective uh, on what's going on with Roe versus Wade. But uh, I got something to play. So over these next yeah. two topics, um, I have clipped some audio. So let's start with something you sent me, Pete. It was very mm -hmm. eye-opening. So let's take a listen to that. So most white people support white supremacy. And I'll give you a little example. Today at lunch, I casually, I'm with uh, four people at lunch. Today at lunch, I casually said, did you guys hear about what happened in Buffalo, New York? Immediately, one of the people, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Drop it. Can you drop it? Instantly. Maybe because they know me. It wasn't a good scene. An argument ensued. Because I won't drop it. I was taught to not talk about it. I was raised to be racist. I was raised to ignore it, be apathetic, not care. All the things that white people are taught, most of us are taught that, whether if we realize it or not, we're all socialized to be silent. So I imagine right now as millions and millions of white people are actively and aggressively sitting in silence about Buffalo, New York. About 10 innocent lives just sweeped out from under them. The families that are incredibly grieving. I saw the video, by the way. It's hard to watch. It was very disturbing. But what I thought about was all the white people in America right now who daily ignore all forms of racism. 
are not outraged, who are not even sad, just apathetic, don't care, not my problem. Remember something about America. It's that silence. It's that denial. It's that apathy that gives racism and white supremacy permission. Now, the way he finished that, that was really, really, really uh, awakening for me because I feel like in a lot of in a lot of different ways or a lot of different conversations or forums that you may have, being a minority, it's very difficult to get somebody to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, from, you know, like, you know, a, a white person's point of view. So a black person trying to tell a white person that it, it could be very difficult because instantly they always, in my opinion, and in my experiences actually, is like they feel like we're directly targeting them. Like like yeah. you, I'm I'm talking to you, Joe, as a white guy, and you feel like I'm targeting you, and so mm-hmm. the conversation, the words I'm trying to say, don't really meet your your ears or your interpretations in a in a fair manner, right? Um, but hearing it from the perspective of another white person, and he's talking about his experiences, and he's talking about what he was taught, and that doesn't speak for everyone. We always talk about that one person's point of view does not speak for everybody in that culture. But it's just important to sometimes highlight when somebody from that different culture is saying what we are trying to say. And you're able Mm -hmm. to utilize that um, in a conversation to hopefully help someone understand, like, I'm not attacking you. Like, the sins of the father, so to speak, whether it's your Mm -hmm. grandfather or father, whomever, you can go back generations. Like, I'm not, that's not on you. You didn't live in 18 whatever, you name it. So, however, comma... (laughs) But if you don't understand that, yo, this happened, and yes, I am a product of this, so you're not even giving yourself the truth in the matter, then I have a problem with it, right? Yeah. Like, you didn't maybe commit the actual acts because, again, like I said, you was not there, you know, owning slaves. But if you don't accept the fact that the truth is the truth, like, yeah, Grandpa had slaves, and he treated yeah. slaves like hell, and you want to deny that, then I have an issue. And this is kind of where he's coming from with his yeah. point of view when it comes to racism, like it's blindly taught to them in this modern day. Maybe it's not as, you know, perpetual as it once was like, yo, we hate niggas. I'm going to just say it, <laughs> yeah. but there's ways to kind of show somebody how to treat somebody that is still mm-hmm. give them that perspective in modern day. And I think that's what he was trying to highlight. Um, and I'm going to yeah. pass the buck here. Well, how you feel about that? Pete? But you know, these days it doesn't even have to be a clear cut. I hate niggas. I mean, you turn on enough Fox News, OAN, and a few others, and they, all they talk about is great replacement theory. You know? So you you peddle you peddle the the fear um, of the notion that um, there's a concerted effort to wipe white people out. You you stoke that 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 underlying racism that's already there. You eliminate um, any deprogram programming that's done to a to a person that's looking for a place to place blame. Um, and that's all it takes. You know, they, they sit up and watch this. Yeah, that's right. Oh, we need to wipe them. Uh-oh. I think I lost you, B. Hold on. Ash, you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I okay. can't hear him either. Yeah, he kind of, he, we kind of lost him. But I'm going I'm to I'm have you go ahead and take take spot and then maybe P need to 
You there, P? Yeah, I think I kicked my cord. So. Oh, okay. Uh, All right, finish your thoughts before we pass to Ashley. Yeah. Um, it, it reaches a point where the only thing that's getting in, logic is not getting in. It's the illogical stuff that feeds into the fear that has been underlying. You know, when you look at a world through the lens of TV, social media, et cetera, you see different cultures and it's like, oh my God, this has always been my country. And now it's not looking like the country that I remember. Oh my God, Tucker Carlson is talking about how the Democrats are making an effort to make sure that we are replaced. Uh, I got to do my part about this. I got to do something about this, which we see what happened in Buffalo, you know? So uh, it, it's, it's, a very, very scary place to be in this country when there's no critical thinking and the prevailing thought is, or that the, the thought is peddled to, you know, to scared, uncertain uh, people that aren't self-assured, that aren't aware, that are not seeking answers. They're just given the answers that, that they get from, you know, uh, a very divisive uh, media outlet. And they take that shit and they run with it. And that's a very, very unfortunate place to be um, in this country. When, you know, I'm, I'm going to go back. How, how Fox News has been able to to thrive is when Reagan got rid of the Fair uh, Reporting Act. Fair Reporting Act required that news outlets had stories. If, if, if it was talking about one issue, you had to have both sides of that issue covered. Now we don't see that anymore. So you don't get the ability to critically think. You have to take one side of an argument in and go research the other side of it if you feel that feel it necessary. But if you're just an easy going, you know, follower, you'll take what you hear and you'll run with it. That's facts. And we definitely gonna clip some stuff <laughs> from Fox News. Uh we talk about it all day. But go ahead, uh, Ashley. Tell us how you feel about the Buffalo perspective. I know we haven't even truly hit on it yet, but I was just kinda like starting this conversation off based on that guy's thoughts about what happened in Buffalo. Um, from my experience, white people don't like to talk about racism. They don't like to talk about where white people throughout history have messed like done terrible things and they don't like to talk about how the um the after effects of slavery or racism or segregation are still present to this day they think that they think that since they weren't around for it they, they had no part in it but they also go against any education trying to teach our children about it so that we don't repeat the same mistakes as we did in our past um the, the people who, who think this this replacement theory and all these things like that, they're, they're uneducated. Um, and that's that's on the government as well, but the government wants them not mm -hmm. to be educated. Yeah. There's not a standard for education because you don't want to teach people how to critically think because then they'll know that you're bullshit. Um, I was lucky enough growing up to grow up in a very diverse community. Uh, I was lucky enough to have friends who who didn't have a problem explaining things from their perspective. I did grow up with, you know, a, a white family that um, as a child, I didn't think that the things that they did were racist. But now looking back on it as an adult, I realized that the things that they did were very fucked up. I mean, for lack of a better word. Um, and it, it kind of, it, 
when you when you're not lucky enough to maybe join the military or leave your hometown and experience other um other cultures and other people who've just grown up somewhere else than you 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 don't get the opportunity to learn about life from another perspective you don't get to um empathize and sympathize with other people and things that they're going through the only reason that i'm able to look at what happens to black people and people of color in this country and and be angry about it is because i've i've taken the time to try to understand from Geno's perspective from you know from from a black person's perspective in this country and i've thought out a lot of that education and a lot of that knowledge on my own nobody ever taught it to me but i think that if we were to teach about it in school these kids would question the rhetoric that their stupid parents teach them about um how white people are just superior and how we're being replaced and it honestly it all stems back to this like i said before power and education and they're mm -hmm. they're leveraging their power by not educating americans about how things really are and that's what leads to things like the shooting in, in buffalo where he thinks that white people are being replaced that they're you know the government and the democrats are trying to to get rid of them so he goes in there and he shoots 10 innocent black people that were just going to the store like any other day and then we heard about it for like two seconds and then texas mm -hmm. happened yeah it, it's, so yeah that's i mean and then you look at these situations and now we kind of like really jump into it um and you know this guy had cased the store multiple times before going up there um mm -hmm. his weapon was you know inscribed you know with racial you know derogatory uh wording on it um there's clips of the video where he actually <laughs> points a the weapon at a white person and says oh shit my bad so you know his his shit was targeted. It wasn't yeah, like he was, he was aware. Yeah, he was aware. It definitely wasn't mass shooting. Shoot the whole store up. It's like no, I'm here to kill any minority that I see. And mm -hmm. then, and I mean, and again, I I never when I'm coming from this perspective, right? I'm never saying that this is what should have happened. So I'm not speaking in absolutes. But the fact that once again. We can see another white kid get ushered to a police car with a hand on his back. Yeah, he's cuffed, but the negotiators or whatever the fuck you want to call them are able to talk him down and, you know, secure him and put him into the car. And then he gets his day in court. Always fucking baffles me because yeah. not trying to take two different lanes and apples and oranges, but it's like, how can you walk up to a car on a normal, regular stop for whatever, you know, where there's lights or registration or whatever, and that might end up being a death scene, but where actual killing has happened, we are able to mass subdue killings. this guy. Like, it makes no mass, fucking sense mass to Mass killings. So, yeah, mass killings. In, in my opinion, these... This is the type of individual, just like the guy Dylan that shot up the church and all the other ones mm -hmm. that we've seen get ushered out and get fed fucking fast food or whatever. How does the fuck does this happen? And then quickly, quickly upon, you know, the, the news outlets getting whatever story they're getting, the very first mm -hmm. term you see, and this is still Mental Health Awareness Month, is, oh, is mental health potentially involved in this situation? What the fuck? Like, why is it always summed up as mental health versus like, no, this was a, a person yeah, that showed his history. 
of hating yeah. a certain race, and then he did something to show it to the public that he hated. Ain't mental health ain't mental health related at all. Nothing about that, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Let me get. Let me digress. Pass it back to y'all. <laughs> about the about the mental health thing. So I would just say, anyone who goes into a place and is like, I'm going to kill these people for no other reason besides the fact that they're black or I just want to murder people, they obviously have a mental health issue, right? That's anybody who murders someone in cold blood has a mental health issue. That doesn't excuse mm-hmm. behavior. That doesn't mean that they should be. Um, treated as though they're insane and not face repercussions for what they've done like they're they try to use it as an excuse or as a way to get away from taking away their guns i mean that's that's what it is mental health is only convenient to them when it provides it's a scapegoat because the other option is to blame the fact that this that this 18 year old man had access to high caliber rifles um and went out and murdered people with guns that were purchased legally, as far as I've read. Yeah, these aren't guns that he got off the street from some arms dealer, like how they'd like to make you think. Nobody brought them over from Mexico. Like, they, they were guns that he went and purchased legally, and then he took those guns, the same guns that the NRA advertises for and the same guns mm-hmm. that they've made legal here in Texas to just go and purchase. Um, and he murdered people with it. And that that's why they use mental health as a scapegoat, but then they defund mental health. Yes. They don't have the proper amount of money allotted to actually do any work and get and then they don't want to include mental health in the process to get a gun. They don't want to do a psychiatric exam. They don't want to interview the like in Japan, I've been reading how difficult it is for people to get weapons because you have to have a psych exam. You have to interview with yeah. the cops, they interview your neighbors, like it's a process, as it yeah, should be, that, because this is something that can take the life of many people at once. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, it's just a scapegoat. So that's why they use mental health. And it's always mental health when it's when it's a white person. Yep. His brain wasn't developed. That's what they tried to say, too. He's, his brain yeah. isn't done developing yet because he's 18. <laughs> that's what they tried to say. Oh if his God. brain was developed enough to plot this whole murder, right, to have this hate, hate of... Uh, black people, it's developed enough for him to understand what he was doing. Facts. It's developed enough for him to see that white guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Facts. Yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Facts. And then go and then shoot somebody in the head. Like, it's it's. And I don't think that the the news they they stray away from talking about the violence. Like they just say it's a shooting. They don't talk about mm-hmm. the absolute horror that those type of weapons do to people. Like it's not just a, a small hole. Like they destroy bodies, those types of guns. Like, yeah. it, it was a massacre. He didn't just shoot people and then keep going. He shot them, reloaded, and then shot them again to yeah. ensure that they were dead. It looked like a Call of Duty campaign. Like, that's how violent it was. And I think that they avoid talking about that because then you're like, why the fuck do people have access to these type of weapons? Facts. And I think what you also forget about is the trauma, too. So mm-hmm. people are traumatized after this, and, every, and 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 that's never really talked about because how do you sit here and say, well, there were, I don't know, I'm just throwing a number out. There was 400 people in the store, right? Let's just throw a random number out. Um, at what point, you know, do we look at all the individuals that were not killed and talk about, you know, let's call it the 390 that were just in the store, and now they have these, you know, traumatizations, and they deal with, difficulties throughout their life because they were there 
right? Like they seen mm-hmm. people who maybe they just crossed in the aisle. Maybe they actually spoke a word like, hey, how you doing? Or, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And then next thing you know, like they're not there. Like that's a different level of trauma. And I can take that from a different angle. Like, you know, I, I've been in a situation where I'm the last person to speak to somebody and then they don't have that mm-hmm. next conversation. You know, that's how it was when Justin passed away. And though this is not connected in any way, but it's just like, I always will feel like, damn, like those, his last words were to me and not to his wife, not to his daughter. Yeah. And maybe those people are processing that type of level of trauma. Like they said something to me that was like completely like unimportant and not even really worth much, but did they get a chance to tell whoever they loved, I love you before this idiot came in and shot him up. So that's a different level of trauma. Like they're not even talking about those people. And, And to me, you know, like like she said, we can always surmise things in ways that will have us not lose, quote unquote, the things we want. So in that situation, NRA not losing their power because we know they have tons of power in this country. Obviously. Um, but it's like no one ever thinks about like the victims itself. You know what I mean? Like the no. actual victims, because no. you guys are not changing any parts of your legislation. None of it. Like, like you're just always talking about, oh, you know, in this country, we should be better. Be better how if you continuously put money in fist for weapon and you keep filling your line in your pockets, as you say, P, and mm-hmm. you're never addressing the fact that, you know what, in a lot of ways, the way we are doing things, sure, we're making money, but do we actually value life over money? Because if we no, do, they don't. We should make some changes. Not value lives, man. It, yeah. it's, an, it's an American problem. Americans do not value other American lives. You know, it, it no. blows my mind that when something happens in, say, Israel or now, you know, Ukraine, I, you know, it's easy for us to jump and help. It's easy for us to be appalled and say that China has so many human rights violations. You know, Korea has so many human rights violations we don't look in the mirror. We refuse to look in the mirror, but we're, we're exceptional. And that's, that's the, the narrative to soul. America is so exceptional. Oh my God. You got people crawling through tunnels and crawling, calling, you know, climbing walls to get to this country. Sure. You know, I, I, I want to say this. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. A successful relationship is one where both sides benefit, right? Yeah, by far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, be it a friendship, intimate relationship, something. Both parties have to benefit, right? I would think so. So, would you say that we as Americans have a relationship with our country? <laughs> Look at that. No, <laughs> dysfunctional. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I, 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 let me rephrase. Should we have a reciprocal relationship with our country? I believe so. I think it's. Uh... It's it's more so forced upon us. Like we're taught from day one that oh, this yeah, is the greatest yeah. country being, in the world, right? And, and the indoctrination starts early. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but that being said, mm-hmm. if this is supposed to be a reciprocal relationship, you know, one where there's many facets to it. You know, hey, I get up and I go to work every day, and I feed this beast, I pay my taxes, I live the American way. You know, why does my life mean so little in the country that I'm expected to support? through this reciprocal relationship. Why does my life mean so little? Why does American lives mean so little? And I'll go one further. 
the people that are mad when we criticize America are the ones that are happy being in a shitty relationship. I criticize this country because I want it to be better because I'm in this relationship with it, whether I like it or not. So I feel like this really quick. <laughs> I feel like in all honesty, when it comes to a situation like that, like this country is not in its infancy anymore, though we are as far as like if you look at us warly, we're only 270 some nine years old two eighty, whatever. Mm -hmm. But what I'm getting at is, like, there's not just a, a group of people who are fighting for a new freedom and breaking away from a system. In fact, right. this system is very much already in motion. And like you said, you know, I don't think we're valued because we will be replaced. Like, mm -hmm. the system replaces people. So yeah. the individual value of a, of a person doesn't hold weight like it might have held in the earliest days, Right. It's my, just my thoughts, because I feel like in the earliest days, like every man counted, you know, everybody counted as you're trying to establish yourself as a self-sufficient country from another major power at that point, from a, a ruling power at that point, England, like everybody counts. <laughs> we don't count like that no more, bro. Like we got enough people to continuously treat each other like we do. And it's like attrition like it just rolls over, yeah. right? Like, yeah. New calendar flip, more people are born. I mean, the rates might differ per race, but at the end of the day, like, the country as a whole, like, we're not lessening in a way where it's like, oh, shit, you know, we might actually be in fear of being taken over by a superpower like China because we ain't got enough people. That ain't that ain't happening. So they don't really care on that 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 local small level like I think you're looking at it, bro, because like and, you said, I don't know. Therein lies the problem. Therein lies the problem because – you know, uh, the three of us, you you guys are still in that uniform I served. Um, we're expected to give and give and give and give. And in and, and a relationship, any relationship, there's giving and there's taking. And my main point with this is not so much about what we're getting back in this relationship with this country. My main argument is the people that criticize those of us who question what this country is doing to itself. You question, we, we question because we care. In, in a relationship, if you are a husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, friendship, and there are things that are going wrong, if you value that friendship, you will criticize it. You will fix it. You will voice what the problems are. But there's far too many that just overlook the problem and look at people like us and be like, ah, leave if y'all don't want to be here. Motherfuckers, y'all know something's wrong with this country. Don't act like you don't. Yeah. There's something inherently wrong with this country. And That's not it. enough people are actually standing up to say that there's something wrong with it. Ash, you got any, any more takes on this one? Uh, the country, our country as a whole, was built, the foundation is rotten. Mm -hmm. Like, we started off on taking there was no giving there. It's not like we just stumbled upon unoccupied land and, you know, converted this country into what it is today. The land was yeah. stolen. It's never been ours to begin with. So mm -hmm. it, we started off bad and then we just continued to gloss over and build on um, a, a shitty foundation, which is where we're at now. Um, the It's rotten from the inside out. And yeah. the only way 
for it to ever change is for people to stop pretending like we are the greatest nation because we're not. And for them to actually stop allowing our politicians to take money from the NRA or take money from, you know, these businesses to, to dictate yeah. how they vote on policy and how they vote on, um, you know, laws and things like that. Um, we have to acknowledge all the places that we fucked up and try to do better. But that's, that's not going to happen if we continue no. to let people serve in Congress for term after term after term after term until they're in their 80s. Like, there's a, I've always said, like, there's a, an age minimum to be in Congress or to be a president or, or to be in government. There should be an age maximum. Exactly. There's no reason that these 78-year-old men should be making laws that they're not even going to live long enough to see. Like, there's no reason that they should be choosing what happens to a nation that they've got, what, a good, like, decade left in. Like, we need to get younger people into government that are actually going to do something. Do something for people, not for the party, not for themselves, because that's that's the problem. Yeah. Our, we're individualistic to a fault, like in this oh country. God, we're all, yes. it, we're, we're, there is no sense of, I'm not saying that it needs to be like a huge, I mean, it's fine for people to be individuals and have their own way of doing things, but we don't have sympathy or empathy for anyone else outside no, of no. our small circle. Yeah. yeah we don't look at the next person and think about things from their perspective. We, we just stick with the status quo. So I I think that kind of before I get to my two nuggets on Buffalo before we move to Evalde, like for me I think where you're coming from Ashley like it's it's derived in our you know basic anatomy and self preservation the very first thing you think about is me right like oh some shit is going wrong or some shit is happening like what do I need to do to survive and I feel like that like then starts to flood the way we think because everybody like. What really drives me crazy, and maybe I'm wrong for thinking like this, but I can't help but to, is when somebody can turn something that's not theirs into theirs, and it's my mm-hmm. country, it's my flag, that's my whatever. Like, no, the fuck it's not. <laughs> like, it's this is a melting pot. If there's if there's none like it, this is the only one that's like it, if, if you know what I mean. Like, this is the melting pot of melting pots. Like, there's nothing about yeah. this country that is individually yours. You know what I mean? So, when you say shit like that, like, that is where your belief system has already failed you. Because that's the way that you vote, that's the way that you think, that's the way mm-hmm. that you see other people, is that they're always trying to infringe on yours. Whatever yours is in that conversation. Yeah. And that has, to me, poisoned this country um, for years, right? But my two nuggets on this on this Buffalo thing um, and kind of what we're talking about is one thing that I've always found very eye-opening is that when we see shit like what happened in Buffalo or you can go back to Columbine or Sandy Hook or, you know, you can go back to the o- Oklahoma City building and so on and so forth, Two words, one statement. Domestic terrorism is never really mouth, right? Like we don't, we are afraid to say that because for us, over the, especially over the last twenty something years, terrorism had a face, had a certain mm-hmm. look, and you know that face th- can't look like American. Yes, and that fueled 
Americans to take the fight to those terrorists. But see, on our own grounds, we don't want to take that same fuel to take the fight to domestic terrorism because, unfortunately, it looks like us when you're talking about our country. They speak mm-hmm. English. They live in America. They they usually, you know, work jobs and work next to people and they're somebody's family members and on and on and on. And nobody wants to highlight that truth. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that these people have these small little cells that they grow and they freaking feed into. And before they even know it, you know, they've been pumped up to do something that they can't even really, in my opinion, fathom. But then they go do it. You know what I mean? Like one of my favorite movies and not because the way it played out, but just the understanding of all the ideals in the movie is higher learning. You see two sides of that story the entire time. You see the black side, you see the white side until it comes to an absolute head and then catastrophe happens. Like that's where I feel like we're in this country because we refuse to like get in the fight and like do shit about the fight. I get it. KKK and all that shit has been a part of American history since whenever you want to name it. But why is it still, still accepted? That's what I'm saying. Why are we still accepting that? Then you got new up uprooting people, the Proud Boys and all these other fucking people and all the people who were part of whatever you want to call it for the insurrectionists and all this other shit. Why is that shit that's allowed to function? And you can't tell me you don't know where these sales and pockets are within the country because you can go find mm-hmm. a needle in the haystack in fucking Iran <laughs> or Afghanistan or whatever other standy country. We can have intelligence to the T on what's going on with their movements, yeah. but you don't know that this shit is happening at home and they're just quote unquote enacting their first amendment when they speak, how they speak, get the fuck out of here. That's the problem. Yeah. That's the fucking problem. And it's always, it's always been just, perpetuated and thrown in our faces and then we just have to accept it and then when evil shit like buffalo happens oh that's just a one-off you know that's just we've had too many fucking one-offs <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that's not all of them get the fuck out of here they they not out here like you know hosting bake sales and 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 helping you know <laughs> black churches like uh you know put the put the new roof on like get the that's not what they do they're not those type of fucking <laughs> organizations let's not even pretend that way so you know, the the truest sign that America does not give a fuck about its people is how they let kids get treated. That's a great segue mm-hmm. for a ball day, right? Because yeah. here we go. Um, so so we're we're at day one hundred and forty eight, if my math is correct, in this country, in this year, this calendar year. There's already been two hundred and twelve mass shootings. That's... I didn't know that until I did the research because the news don't report it. Yeah, mass shootings have become so passe that they're not even a blip on the radar anymore. Mass shooting is three or more, right? Is that the definition? Yeah, three, okay. yeah, yeah, three or more. So, yep. you know, when when Uvalde happened, it's the shame to say it that it, it was just a matter of time in this country that it was going to happen again because we've done nothing nothing as a nation to stand the tide of guns in this country. Uh, 10 years since Sandy Hook, right? That was 2012. Yeah. 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 So Uh, go ahead, P. I'm sorry. Greg Abbott, Greg Abbott has basically said, Hey, welcome to the old West, Texas. Do your thing. (laughs) So wow. Anybody can buy a gun. If you're 18 and older, 
Um, there's carry. no restrictions whatsoever. Hey, but you got to take a driver's test. You can't be, you got to be 21 or older to buy cigarettes and, and, and to buy, buy alcohol. There's more restrictions to drive, to drink, to smoke than they are to have a semi-automatic weapon designed for war and countless amounts of ammunition. Maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a crazy person and I'm just, I guess, uh, throwing more on individuals who don't want to pay more, but perhaps you, perhaps you should have to carry certain insurance when you buy a gun. Like like liability insurance. Like if I shoot this motherfucker in, yeah. in a crazy way, like oh my god, right? Like if yeah. I don't use this gun for whatever intention, um, hunting I mean, home defense, yeah, whatever the fuck. I mean, I I don't know how you would do that, but I feel like the only thing that really gets people like moving in any type of direction <laughs> is some amount of money. Whether yeah. we're putting some type of lien on you or making you pay something or or you mm-hmm. have to like you realize that it's costing you more to own something just because they say you got to have it. You know, everybody always talk about why well, we got to have car insurance if I never have an accident. But like you think about how much money you pay over the year or your lifetime, <laughs> you might have had one accident, maybe five, but mm-hmm. you still paid way more money into it. So perhaps yeah. maybe a solution of that matter, like you want to buy this type of weapon um uh, and sure you have the ability to do that by act but now you have to pay you know a certain you know monthly insurance policy on that weapon and then maybe there's a certain tax that comes with that I don't know I mean make it more like that post that you made well, when it came to mm-hmm. abortion guns make it more difficult or make it more of a consideration to a person before they go and buy a weapon, you know, because cars that you really like cost a lot of money, right? So yeah. a lot of people can't go out and buy a hundred thousand dollar car, though they might like it and love it. But I'm mm-hmm. not saying a gun should cost a hundred thousand dollars. That's ridiculous. But I'm saying perhaps maybe if the price of a gun ownership in general was mm-hmm. was something that people actually had to consider, because six, seven, eight hundred dollars, maybe even twelve hundred, ain't much of shit. But if it's no. Fifteen hundred dollars to buy it, and then I'm paying two hundred dollars a month to own the motherfucker. And oh, by the way, I got multiple. So, like, anytime you got boats and cars and RVs, that's more insurance you got to pay. So, the more guns you got, the more insurance you got to pay. Maybe people yeah. are start reconsidering. Like, well, shit, do I really need fifteen guns? <laughs> do I even want a gun? Because hell, it's cost me more money to own this gun than to actually enjoy this gun type thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's get to the pockets. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it, I'm crazy. It troubles me that something written in 1778 is being held to the fucking letter. And that ain't even the truth. That ain't even the fucking truth. And we talk no, about this not. all the time. No, we talked about this. Yeah, we talked about <laughs> it's it. It's not why it, it was it, created. It, yeah, but, but it, no. again, it, it speaks to everything that we've seen in this country concerning um, doing what's right. And that's, for, that's pretty much what sums it up. Oh man, you know, we do what's right. And we're taking people's guns from them that they don't fucking need. And they go, first of all, dead. there's no need for weapons of war in somebody's house. I can understand if you got, you know, you got a, a, a marksman rifle to go do your, your hunting. I can understand if you got a little handgun to defend your house or a shotgun. Why do you need an AR 15 with 30 plus round clip? With all these fucking like crazy optics and, 
you name yeah. it. Like you could turn this damn gun, like like Ashley said earlier, to like a Call of Duty like loadout to can do some yeah. crazy shit that's yeah. made for that, war. That's that's where we are in this country, and you know, every shooting is heartbreaking to me, but it's made even worse when these kids have yet to even realize what life is. Yeah. You know, and their lives are taken. Nineteen of them, in this case, dead. Uh, you know, I'm reading stories about one 11 year old girl who smeared her friend's blood on her mm. and played dead. That's bad. Can you imagine trauma. that? You you got to carry the weight of that for the rest of your life, from 11 to a, uh, through adulthood. Yeah. How traumatic that must be. You've got to carry the weight of America's failures. And then they'll never forget those sounds. They'll never forget that no. scene. They'll never no. forget when it was quote unquote clear for them to come barreling out the building, running, screaming. And then, then they'll never forget the fact that there was hours before they would actually even let parents come see them. Yeah. So now those parents are scared and they're scared because they don't know. They just want to be consoled by somebody they know. You know what I mean? They just lost their teacher. Like you can go on and on and on and on with this situation. Yeah. Um, but I got some clips for that too. But I want Ashley to jump in here. So let's just uh, open this open this conversation with um, your perspectives on the entirety of Uvalde from the day that it happened to now all the aftermath that's coming out, Ash. So I remember that I like opened my phone and I, initially it was two children. They only were mentioning two people dead. And they mentioned that I think maybe one or maybe both were children and an adult was injured. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, that's terrible that those children died. But like you said, it, it becomes so commonplace in America that it's not surprising. And then two turned into 19 children. And it became even more horrible. Like, I mean, it's horrible to lose any life. It's even worse to lose any child's life, a single child, any child. Um, and then it's 19 children. And then it's not only were they murdered, but potentially some of them could have been saved had the police done their mm -hmm. fucking job. Yeah. Right? They, their parents are outside there. They hear the children screaming, right? That's, that's the part that gets me is like, how can you hear these children in this building? being murdered, you know, and not do anything. And then not even allow the parents to do anything. If you're going to be pussy, at least allow the parents to go in there and save their children or yeah. cry. And um, it, it just amazes me how people will try to make excuses for the lack of action. And just, again, they tried to say it was mental health. Initially, they tried to say that it was peace. Well, look at him. He, they found some guy who slightly resembled him, who was yeah. in female clothing, and tried to blame mm -hmm. him on the fact that he has mental that. health issues because he's transgender. And it's not even yeah, him, that. first of all. Um, it's ridiculous. It, it was ridiculous. Like, they tried to find any scapegoat except just by putting the blame where the blame is due, and that's on the fact that this kid was allowed to legally purchase this gun. That... Yeah, I, I mentioned it before, yeah, like, two. and he had hundreds of rounds of ammunition, like, mm -hmm. and he went there to kill children. Yeah, and like his grandmother first. And and again, like, people don't understand 
the 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 weight of this. Like they they hear that children are dead, and they hear people are dead so often that I don't think that it hits them as hard as it should. But what that type of gun does to a grown person's body is ridiculous. What it probably has done to those children's bodies is unfathomable yeah. to me. And it was uh and oh sorry Ash go ahead I'm sorry. I I, I just I just. It, it almost makes, like there's so much to say that it almost makes you speechless. Um, Governor Abbott uh, took funding away from mental health in the state last year. Two hundred eleven million. He allowed, yep, he allowed um, guns to become easier to procure, um, especially those types of guns. Mm-hmm. And still, they'll say, "Well, it's better to have good guys with a gun." to fight the bad guys with guns. The teachers need to be armed or there needs to be people yeah. posted outside of school. But they were good guys with guns. Good guys outside the, the classroom for an hour. Yeah, waiting. Listening to these yeah, kids and they did nothing. Get, get massacred. Just sitting there. And they did nothing. Did nothing. Yeah, they did nothing. So, and these are, these are trained, supposed to be trained officers. And you want teachers who's, for teachers who are really teachers because they love teaching and they love children, they're nurturers. They're, they're caring. They're not the type of person that's going to wield a gun and shoot someone. Like it, it's not the way that a police officer would be able to do it. And the fact or that like, supposed to be. they think, yeah, the way that they're supposed to do it, which they don't obviously. Um, I was looking at the fact that these, they literally just did training like two months ago for active mm-hmm. shooters. Um, this police department and they were told that even if there's only one of you you may die but that's your job you're a first responder that's your job to go in there and save innocent lives and they still didn't fucking do it and like and then they stopped parents from going in to save their own fucking children and that they refused to help and it just it it's just there's so many mistakes made like the cops fucked up the governor like the country in general with how they deal with guns, people's response to wanting gun control and then saying, oh, we're well, trying to take my my rights and things like that. It's like, no, I'm not trying to keep a gun from you. I'm trying to keep an assault weapon from you because you don't need that. You're not hunting. No. What are you doing with the animal after you shoot it with an AK? I don't understand. Like, you're not going to be able to mount that shit. It's not, no. not going to look nice. Like, you just want it because it feels cool. It makes you feel important. I just if the death of these children or the death in the death of the children in Sandy Hook didn't make them make changes, nothing is going to. No. And I, I, I read today that there's a few parents that are considering having open caskets to yep. show exactly what you said, mm-hmm. what these what that weapon did to their child. And I know that's gonna be if they end up going through it beyond difficult, like I, I can only imagine what that looks like. But yeah, I mean, they compared it to Emmett Till. Till. I knew when you were his mom go there. It. Yep. And, yeah, and I think that's the Emmett only Till. thing you can do. But again, that's that's coming at a time in this country where you know, like that had no effect on the community as a whole because you know what, that's just the way it was. But I think going forward, looking at where we are today, you see maybe. 10 kids that maybe 10 sets of parents decide to do this or some shit like that and you see what this looks like if that does not horrify you and i only can imagine i can only vision in my head what it looks like but if that doesn't horrify people 
enough to say, holy shit, we need to really take a look at it. Like you said, nothing will. Um, but no. when we look at that whole situation in Evalde, like the shit that really gets me about the story is the fact that they were already in pursuit of this guy. Right, based mm-hmm. on what he had did uh, at his grandmother's house, and so what what baffles fucking me is that maybe they're not, you know, like right on him, you know, what I mean, like on a high speed chase or some shit like that. But what baffles me is they already know he is armed, dangerous, already harmed someone, and now mm-hmm. he's at the school. What the fuck are we negotiating? It's not as if no, we baby. pulled up and we don't know the situation. We know the situation, right? Those nineteen cops. It's crazy. Went into the school two minutes after he did, and they went for looking for their children. Right? Is that ain't that what the story was? Some of them, some of them went in there, found their kids, and got their kids out. But nineteen of them were holed up in a room two minutes after he was. Okay. Two minutes after he went into the, to to the school, they were right behind him. And they did what exactly in said Set room? On their asses, <laughs> they did nothing. Fucking ridiculous. The shit that we talking about. And I've had this conversation with my father before and it turned pretty heated because he, you know, he was trying to get me to understand, though he was never a cop and I'm sure not a cop. But he was like, well, that's Mm -hmm. a difficult job, son. You got to come from their perspective. And I was telling him I got a one liner for that. Then pick another fucking job. And I mean, and I mean that with all of my heart. Like, yeah. go be a fucking postman if you want a little bit of fucking, I guess, excitement in your day. Maybe a dog will chase you. I don't fucking know. Yeah. But don't put yourself yeah. in protect and serve. And protect and serve may mean life. And you're talking about we trying to figure out a plan and we don't know what the fuck to do. I'm not telling yeah. you to be stupid and go barreling in there with no fucking plan. But you guys are trained for this. This is not new, right? And like. Yeah. There's no way one child dies. One child gets shot. I would feel like we failed on a mission if I'm yeah. commander of whatever team. If we if we get one kid hurt, we fucked up, period. Like, ain't no fucking excuses. We fucked up. But to see 19 die plus two adults, we severely fucked up. None of us deserve mm-hmm. to wear the badge no more because we sat out here listening to, as, as the colonel said today, the commander figure out what the best option was for a fucking hour. So let's say this kid clears one room is like, oh, nobody's coming to get me. Fuck it. Let me go clear another room and another one and another one. Are y'all serious right now? That shit absolutely made me live it to yeah. hear this yeah. this outcome the, like two or three days it, it, after. It's crazy. It still, it still, it still pisses me off to... Mm-hmm. To know that this is this isn't a one-off, though. You know, mm-hmm. sure the situation had some one-off moments, but this isn't a one-off. This is fucking America, dude. This is America. America does not give a fuck about Americans. America does not give a fuck about life. And the sad part is the people that should care. Ah, wasn't me. Whew. Whew. Too bad it's not me. Therein lies the problem. Is too many people shrugging their shoulders and saying, "Not me." Yeah. Until it is them. Watching Ted Cruz storm off because he was offended by the questioning. Bro, what? You the same dude in a much lighter situation that ran away from ice storms and took your ass to Mexico because mm-hmm. you didn't want to deal with questioning. Now we're asking real questions about real life and yeah. you're offended so you storm off. Like That's the type of shit that I'm talking about that like furiates me because I'm like, these are the people that some people blindly just vote for. And they yeah. and they remain in power, like Ashley said. They'll be mm-hmm. in fucking power for years to come because people just blindly vote for him because they see what I want. Oh, he likes the NRA. Me too. Vote. And this person doesn't yeah. even fucking protect people. 
And 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 before we get deeper into this, I gotta play some shit. And this is the Fox News clip I was talking about earlier. Check this fucking moron right. out. You gotta excuse the background because this is from that video where she had some other shit planned, but you'll hear him. Yeah. Oh shit, that ain't it. <laughs> That's definitely not it. Hold on. I gotta kill that. All right, here we go. Uh, what I advocate a lot is because I get a lot of messages from parents. Oh, it's the parents. It's your responsibility where you send your children. You have to know now after these shootings, and every week there's a shooting, whether it's at a school or at a supermarket, that you need to check where your kids go to school. You need to go back to the school and see, is there a single point of entry? Do you have a I got a message tonight made me feel kind of good from a, someone. They told me, thanks. They thanked me because they listened to me and they sent, they took their kid out of public school and put him in a, in, in a private school. What kind of fucking moron gets to, like, have a forum and a floor to speak to who knows how many followers are on Fox News? Because you know your girl is is interviewing him, your, your, your favorite person. I forget her name, but you know what I'm talking about, the one of them yeah. analysts. But she's Amen. the one. Yeah, she's the one that's like, you know, interviewing Buddy. And he comes on there because, like Ashley said, and you illustrated as well, they find a way to get an escape go. So now it's the parents' fault yeah, for living where they live <laughs> and only having maybe that option for a school, but they should have found a private school. Y'all got, got kids, right? Y'all both have kids. Facts. Don't you have to send your, your kids to a school within the district? Yes. Unless, oh. unless you have an exemption? For private school. You I mean, for public school. Right, for public schools. For... I mean, public schools. Well, you can try to get a waiver, like you can try to get them moved, but it has to be approved. They have to have they have to have the availability. Yeah, right, right, right. You so know, you can't just, just I can't this, just this feeds into another thing. You know, when you think about the defunding of schools the way that they've they've been happening pretty consistently. America looks at ways to monetize everything. And this goes right back to the very first topic we talked about. America monetizes everything. Public schools cost money. Public schools educating our kids costs money. How do you monetize it? You take everything that you can away from them and make charter schools and private schools the only option. Yep. Hey, you can't afford that shit, guess what? You're gonna get the little bit of education that you do get, which, you know, every kid's gonna pass because no child left behind won't allow us to fail any. Facts. That too. What happens? School to prison pipeline gets fed. They don't give a fuck about these kids, man. But you America can, does not give a fuck about their kids. You could think about how goofy this guy is because we're not even talking about a major city. Uvalde is tiny, right? Like it's yeah. yeah. So you're sitting here it's acting as if cool. there's multiple you know, options for these children to go to. Like, they living in, you know, like a metropolitan city or something. I don't, I've never been to Evalde. I know it's like 90 miles outside of San Antonio. But the moral of the yeah. story is it's not San Antonio. So right. I say all that to say, like, they probably don't have an influx of private schools and all this other shit. You know what I mean? I feel like the defense mechanism, and this sounds crazy, and maybe I, <laughs> I've sounded a little bit off the rocker and off the rail, but... By all means, I know how teachers are built, and this is no shot at teachers. They they know they get underpaid, and they know um, that they're not going to have resources, but they usually are very 
empathetic and passionate for their students and their job, though mm-hmm. they're making pennies. Yeah. But if COVID wasn't enough, because they forced them to go back with crazy COVID situations, you know what I mean? These mass shootings should be what puts them over the top. If they don't, yeah. if if I was somebody, like kind of how Dave Chappelle illustrated on, on his show, and I won't get too in deep, but he was like, if you want to band together and get people to listen to you, I feel like the numbers matter. Oh, I would yeah. create yeah. something that yeah. state to state, all teachers, all fucking yeah. uh, the the largest band. If we can get people to hold hands across America like they did back in the eighties, I can get every mm-hmm. teacher to fucking read this email. And if we don't walk out and claim what we want, I don't want to put myself as a teacher in this situation again. I don't want to put children that I teach and love and care for in this situation again. We are done with this shit as a whole. And maybe us as Americans, parents and shit that got children, maybe we're kind of fucked over for a minute. But until they get their situated and squared away where they have protection, they have the resources they need to get the job done, and then lastly, which is personal for them, they have the pay that they need to do what they need to do. I wouldn't walk my ass back in a fucking school. Yeah. You don't want to protect us. You don't want to fucking give us what we need and outfit us to do this fucking job right. But your alternative is, oh, add a fucking gun to my hip. And then now all of a sudden I'm the protector of the students with my gun. So I'm traumatizing these babies. Sure, I'm stopping the intruder, but I just traumatize them. You want me to take that on. So now I can deal with my own mental health because I had to kill some kid who tried to kill my kids instead of you doing your fucking job. I wouldn't walk a fucking another step into another nope. school, period. Friend until of mine that teaches, flat across. She, she said the exact same thing. Fucking like shit is crazy. All the teachers got together and just just went on strike. Maybe they should have changed. But then she. I she, don't think. I don't think it will. That was her caveat. Was you you can't get most teachers to do shit they're supposed to do. So no, that won't happen either. You know, but uh, I really don't know what the answers are because. You know, you get someone saying all the right things, you know, during the elections and they get in office and they don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and I use, you know, Christian Cinema here in Arizona as the prime example. She spoke on changing this, that, and the other when she got to DC, when she went to Washington, D.C., and Soon she got there, she was in the pockets of of, uh, of pharmaceutical companies. When drug prices here in Arizona are astronomical, she did nothing. You know, she won't vote to get rid of the filibuster, so some some actual shit can change. So there's no trust in the politicians that we have. We and I really believe that both parties know it. Both parties know that. Guess what? They only have two choices. They're going to pick the least shittiest so we can be <laughs> shitty. You know what's wild about that, too? This is the thought process that always crosses my mind, bro. And it, mm-hmm. it never it's never made sense. For a typical person, let's say, for instance, I, I got out the military or you already retired, P. Ashley, you're on your way to retirement, too. And we'd be like, you know what? I want to run for fucking local government. Let's just start there. Yeah. It costs tons of fucking money to do it. Yeah. So we already out the race. So now you have to start yeah. selling yourself to the devil, i.e. these yeah. big companies that you're talking about, mm-hmm. to back you. And then guess what? When they back you and they get you where you, you want to be, them. 
Yeah, all your morals and values are now shot to shit before you had a chance to even do your first good deed because, hey, so you're in, and guess what you are now going to do? Because Mm -hmm. our pockets put you in the seat that you own, whether that's mayor, fucking governor, or senator, or wherever you go, wherever Mm -hmm. you went, our money put you there, and so now we're going to control you. You are our puppet. So... Uh it doesn't even make sense from the beginning because no. most people don't have the money. To, and even if they do have the money, nobody's backing their whole campaign. Shit, Trump's a billionaire and he was president. He didn't back his whole campaign. Yeah, fucking right. <laughs> so cinema went from being worth less than $75,000 to getting an office and being worth more than $2 million. I don't know, man. It's an, it's, I mean, and that explains what's <laughs> happened. That explains everything that happens. Why? Why? A guy like Mitch McConnell won't ever give up that seat. Why a lot of these guys are in their seventies and eighties and still—it's not the pay. No, it's no. the perks. Yeah. it's the perks. It's the power. Right. That they, 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 that they, they are are hooked on, at the detriment and the cost of everyday people, yeah, of man. children, children. It's a sc- it's now, a scary now, place, bro. We we reap either the benefits or the bad that comes from the people that we vote for. I truly believe that. Hey, we, you, you vote for a piece of shit and piece of shit happens. You know, shit happens. You got to just <laughs> deal with it. You just got to make better choices. But, but my point is no child right. should have to suffer from poor adult decision-making. This is it's irreparable damage. Like I, I felt so sick to my stomach on the day following that because I'm sitting there thinking like you can't help but to think this that was towards the end of the school year for Mm -hmm. the entire country right but this happened to this small town and this school I couldn't help but think like well who else the fuck is thinking like that and let me end their school year with a bang literally and I did not want to send Jordan to school this last couple days I didn't even want Ace to go to school and I'm like that's the type of indirect trauma that we have as parents now your yeah. children are out of out of school and stuff like that, but I know Ashley can, you know, definitely speak to that because I just read that a few days ago the school that her children go to had an incident, mm-hmm. and and that shit was like really hit so, close to home because that school is right by the fucking place I live in in San Antonio. So I'm like, what the, f- <sighs> bro? So all right, you guys, <laughs> what do you tell your kids these days? All right, I, 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 that's a genuine question for me because I don't have small kids. My, my 26, well, yeah, 28 and 31 at this point. So I, I can't, it, it's the empathetic part of me is always heartbroken when, when I, I read things and I see these things that are happening. And I always wonder to myself, what do I tell my, what would I tell my kids? What do you tell your kids about when this, this kind of shit happens. Well, with a seven-year-old, I have, I have no words. But, I mean, Ashley has, you know, three high schoolers. I have two. So I'll, I'll let you lead this, Ash. Like, do you do you and Gino have these conversations? Well, maybe Trey's, Trey's middle school still, right? Yeah, he is seventh grader. Seventh so grade, okay. um, Gianni and Gabe, the two high schoolers, they, um, they're the ones that had, like, a, a kid, like, had a BB gun that looked like a gun, right? Um, and somebody reported him. Somebody saw him getting the gun out of a trash can or something like that. So their school went into lockdown. Um, 
and then that was resolved. And then some other schools in the neighborhood also had kids plotting to like shoot up the school. There was a few kids arrested. Um, but honestly, you just I asked if if they were talked about if they talked about it at all in school, and then I think with them it's just they've been taught to do the active shooter drills since they started school. I think for them, it's just kind of become commonplace, to be honest. Like they talk about it very matter of factly. It's, it's very like, Oh, that's just how things are. Like, um, I did, I did talk with Trey, who's the seventh grader about if he was to see somebody or overhear somebody saying that they were going to, um, you know, shoot up a school or if they brought a gun to school or anything like that, that he needs to tell at the very least me immediately. Um, just let him know the importance of, you know, it's not not being a snitch. You know, you're protecting people. Because um, Trey is always very like, why are you so overprotective? And I was like, because 19 children are dead today. Their parents will never see them again. So I try to be very matter of fact and very blunt because, the world's not going to sugarcoat it. The same way that I speak to them about being um, black, moving around in this world as black, mm-hmm. soon to be men, but boys, that they can't move the way I can, you know? So they're, yeah. I try to be very blunt and very matter of fact about it because I don't want to sugarcoat it and then you know hopefully they never have to experience it but it happens and they they don't know what to do or it just it's terrible it's not something you ever want to speak to your kids about and like there's no there's no really like i'm 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 grateful that they're not very young because how do you explain that to a seven-year-old how do you explain it to a five-year-old right and i i can only imagine these these kids were fourth grade so let's Let's call them what nine, ten. Is that about right? Fourth yeah. grade. They were ten. Yeah, ten. ten. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, bro. Their entire life has changed now, like completely changed, and mm-hmm. they're gonna they're gonna have to deal with things at ages unknown at this point that they don't even understand. Like you said, the little yeah. girl smeared herself in her friend's blood, and today mm-hmm. or yesterday or whatever day that was, that was survival, right? And luckily, mm-hmm. she had enough um, gall and just shit i guess resilience to say well i don't want to die too so let me do what i need to to live yeah but then tomorrow happens and the day after and then she really starts to be like i laid next to dead children all around me and even played dead and then have to cover myself in a friend's blood to look dead who knows what that little girl like yeah that's her friends that's wild, man. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. And those parents are going to have to deal with, you know, nightmares and, and, and other situations that I'm sure that they're happy to still have their child and feel some type of, you know, feelings for the parents who don't. But even still, they have a battle on their hands with their own child mm-hmm. and what she's going to be dealing with. And that's the type of shit that I just, I just really don't think ever gets taken into account. Like, it's like situation happened situation's over we have to put this to bed because we don't need to keep talking about this because the more we talk about it the more people start to question things and wonder things and let's just get this behind us let's deflect away and and that's that's what it's been that's what it's been for so long so gary Mm -hmm. has some comments here let's check gary out me and him had a pretty deep conversation the other day so let's see here 
Yep, we talk about that, Gary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Five times. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she called multiple times. Um, multiple yeah. children were calling and, um, you know, risking their lives to call. Yeah. And I even read yeah. that um, the cop came in and, like, yelled, if, like, if you need help, say you need help before neutralizing the shooter. Which is, and they ended up, yeah. another child Got ended up getting shot. killed because of that. Yeah. So. Um, wow. But speaking about, like, the aftermath and, like, what these children and families are going to have to go through, you know, like I said, everything's so interconnected that there is no mental health care for these children. No, it's not. You know, these, these parents, you know, this isn't a rich, a rich town, so these mm-hmm. parents are going to have to go back to work. You know, yeah. like they, they don't have the luxury of taking the time off to, to, you know, help their children through this, which is terrible, but they can't do that. Yeah. And these kids are going to have to live with this trauma and find a way to deal with it. And hopefully their parents can get them some type of counseling. But how many of their parents have trauma? You know, how, how are they going to help their children when they themselves are going through their own trauma to deal with it? Yeah. You know, like, Education, healthcare, um, all these things are so flawed in this country that it just continues the cycle of trauma for everyone. I really don't think they, you know, we, we've been talking tonight, and I appreciate this. This is by far one of the best conversations we've had. Yeah. Um, and as we get to the end and we get ready to close, I just want to, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I really don't know if if people are hearing what people are saying more so than just talking while people are talking, if that makes sense, because mm-hmm. there's, I mean, sometimes you can really break down a, a conversation that you'd have had that became maybe a, a disagreement. Then it became an argument. And the next day you'd be like, what the fuck did we even talk about? <laughs> like, how right. did we get from one thing to the next thing? And then before you know it was, a, it was an argument, but in a situation when you have lives lost, and it's not mm-hmm. something that's brand new and it's happened multiple different times over many a different years. And we still can't get to a conversation where we actually have the ability to make change. We're just people talking. So when they tell us, yeah. you know, like I, like I sent you that post, I can't remember if it was, you know, Governor Abbott or Cruz, but one of them was like, Texans, we got to do better. When, as <laughs> Ashley already highlighted, you have adjusted it where anybody in Texas can basically go out and get a weapon as long as they're not some kind of already known criminal. Like you can't make those statements like that. Those type that's ignorance that pisses me off. That that thing that I sent you was he found out that California was leading in gun sales and said, Texas, we Mm got to do better. Yep. Exactly what he said. Unheard of. Ridiculous, bro. And, you know. and shit like that is like, what are we even talking about? Like, these are the people who people have voted in. And then mm-hmm. I don't what I don't like is like certain certain states almost have this like God like complex about themselves. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that's a Texan thing or that's a Texan way or you name it. That's how we do it in whatever state you want to say. Like, yeah. are you a part of the union or are you not? Like last time I checked, te- Texas is not its own country. <laughs> so, I wish they were. Uh, yeah. So I really don't give a fuck what the Texan way is, you know, like, because to me, 
your understanding of who you are individually takes priority over who the state and ultimately the country is supposed to be and what we represent. We can sell all this story to children, and I still call them children, when they're 17 years old, turning 18 in, in their senior year, and we can go tell them this is why they should go fight for their country to take our values across, you know, the world and make sure, you know, there's no mm -hmm. more suppression or I'm sorry, oppression of people in other places. But right here at home, right, right here where they were actually grown and learned all their trends and traits and everything, we can't figure out how to put everyone in a equal sentence and make everybody important and valued we can't do that but we can take our policy and our way of life to another country and quote unquote liberate them that is the biggest mm, i don't even want to say it <laughs> yeah because they did i didn't join underneath that pretense i mean i, I mm -hmm. took a few years afterward and initially i was against joining the military but my ignorance was just purely like i ain't joining that shit it had nothing to do with like anything i actually knew but being in, I have my own experience, and I've actually loved my service. But at the end of the day, what I'm saying is this is how we recruit to keep our, our national defense strong. We recruit underneath these, to me, lies. Because anybody that, that is, is smart enough to kind of see what's going on, and, and unfortunately technology is arming these kids to be much smarter than me and you were, P, when we joined. Yeah. Social media, if you want to call it that, TV, uh, the, the ability to go to the Internet right now. Like you might see shit that we had to read about. And because we didn't feel like reading, we never even looked at <laughs> now. Right. The shit just <laughs> pops on your screen. Oh, 19 children dead in Nivalde. Well, let me click on that. Oh, that's terrible. And so now these kids are armed with, in my opinion, more fucking knowledge on why certain things may be BS. They don't have to experience mm -hmm. it firsthand. Join and find out, like, oh, well, I ain't really like that four years. Now, I'm not yeah. going to go because I can see what y'all doing already type of shit. And I feel like we just yeah. got to get to, we got to figure out how to get to the fucking, the baseline, as we say in bioenvironmental. Like, what's the baseline? And then we need to build from that because right now our baseline yeah. is shot. We, we can't agree on shit. Nope. <laughs> right we started this with you know abortion and we're ending this with the innocent lives of children being lost and still there's still a side that is defending how the guns have really no truth in what the outcome was which is ridiculous to me yeah <laughs> like i can't even believe some of this shit sometimes like who has I mean, I get it. There's always a cause and an effect, and there's always an argument for everything. But I'm like, in certain situations, it's kind of just like, yeah, the that's... Spade spade. Yeah, spade like, spade. what are we call even talking about? Yeah, call it what it is. This fucking guy talking about blaming the parents. They need to do better with where they send their... Are you fuck Like, those type of fucking left-field yeah. arguments. Like, are you serious, dude? Like, holy shit. You know the funny part about that? That guy, he's the father of a victim of the Parkland shooting. Yeah, so he he clearly is off his fucking meds or yeah, whatever. He's, he's, he's experienced the loss, and he still is so brainwashed that somehow it's parents' fault yeah. that their children are dead. Yeah, you're right, Gary. If they did their job from jump, it would not have. It, it wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah, man. For me, I look at it like this, bro. At the end of the day, you know, this is no shot at cops, good cops, 
just cops in general. To me, when you take yeah. that job, that cannot be, oh, I don't have any other choice. I guess I'll go be a cop. Because I feel like a lot of time I know guys, and I'm not trying to class them, but I know dudes who really didn't do well in high school, and then I found out they were cops in Indianapolis, and I was like, what the fuck? And no, they're not one for one, but what I'm saying is you had no care <laughs> for how you carried yourself in high school, and now we've armed yeah. you to protect people? Uh, I highly doubt you've done some crazy 360, and all of a sudden you got it now because a lot of these people are still the same. And so for me, it's too easy to become a cop. That sounds fucking crazy because a lot of people don't make it through academy, but it's still too easy to become a cop and better yet to remain a cop. Because what's the point of putting you through some rigorous, you know, protocols to show that you, you know, have the ability to do these things athletically and agitally and all that shit. And then before you know it, you've been on the force 10 years and you're 55 pounds heavier than when you started. You can't chase nobody. You don't have the endurance to to run with these little kids. So you know what? Fuck you. I ain't chasing you. I'll just shoot your ass. Now, I'm pretty sure that's probably not the mindset you want me to think of. But when I'm a father of a black kid and I have to tell him that he needs to be prepared to be able to talk to you, that's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Because I don't tell him, well, you know what? <laughs> when you see the, the guy that drives the bus and he stops the bus and opens the door, you should know how to talk to him. No, he just says you want to ride or not. <laughs> so all of a sudden, another public figure, i.e. the cop, now all of a sudden we got to be prepared. Firemen, take a fireman. Like, there's no protocol to talking to a fireman. They not just going to go wild and crazy and hit you with the axe. I hope not. Holy shit. Sick the Dalmatian on you, right? No, fuck no. They don't do that. So why the fuck we have to fear interaction with children, with cops? I'm sorry. You know, so I can go all kind of ways, and I'm trying not to. But this just right here shows something that we've talked about at length, P. You cannot, you cannot, and I just feel this way. You can be mad at me all you want to, but you cannot be afraid and be a cop. You just can't, bro. You can't. Because you, can't. you got you a choice. Now, you have a choice. You, I, I, I will. Now, speaking from, I, I, would, I was never a city cop. I was an Air Force cop. And there was different situations where fear was involved. But, but if you're... If fear paralyzes you, get out of it. Get out of the job. Because fear, mm. if nothing else, it should make you aware of the situation and kind of clear your thoughts and make you, it, it informs your next choices. Do what you need to do. In fact, man, okay. Well, let me get into my final or uh, shit, <laughs> my final thoughts. Cause boy, we talked today, but that's cool. Yeah, it's all right. We can do that. Um, and simply put, it's just the title of the show. Enough is enough. And I'm not just talking about the situation we just talked about, but I'm talking about like our reasoning for most everything. Like I feel like if we actually had <laughs> the ability to step outside of ourselves, right? And play back some of the conversations we've had. You put the timestamp on it. A week, a month, a couple years. Mm-hmm. And if you could actually have the ability just to hear yourself and how you portrayed something, I would wonder, would you always agree with what you said and how you felt? Or were you just in the moment? And the reason why that goes with enough is enough because I feel like all of this individualism in the country We have so many passions about the shit that we say and the way we feel and all this other shit, to include us, what we're doing right here on this show. 
Mm-hmm. But if we're putting that in the wrong basket, right? If we're putting that in the wrong atmosphere, we're doing nothing but perpetuating the problem, making it fucking worse. No matter what the conversation is, we just fucking make it worse because you can't see where somebody's coming from. Don't care where they're coming from because you have told yourself you are right. Whatever right is in this situation, that is you. And enough is enough with that shit. Now, if Gary just said something, we need to put the blame at the shooter's feet. Okay, Gary, I'll take that. But I'll go one further. At what point do we actually... Look at how, not just how he bought a gun or why he bought a gun or any of that shit. But when do we actually look at why, (laughs) like Proc has illustrated so many times, did he need said gun? And it can't just come down because he wanted it. Mm -hmm. Because that's the problem, right? We want a lot of things in this world and we feel like we can just take them. And so on this day, he wanted his guns that he purchased when he turned 18 to be weapons of fucking destruction. And that's what he wanted and that's how he utilized them. And all I'm simply stating at that point is when will we ever look at the truth of the entire story? I don't care who shot the gun. Don't make this a one, one-off one situation. Make it a fucking mass influx situation there's too many guns on the street gary period there's two there's there's One weapons people yeah there's and, and, people. and there's weapons out here that have no business being in regular hands i mean what you going the 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 safest place right and let's be realistic you can take one of these ar weapons is to a shooting range i guarantee mm-hmm. you the amount of money that people are putting into these guns optics the barrel, the rifle, the, the every fucking thing that makes this gun, they ain't doing all that just so they can look over at the stall next to them like, yeah, check my shit out. <laughs> no. Fuck no. They want to take that shit out and shoot it wherever they want to shoot it. And I'm not saying a lot of people have the same intentions as, as individuals like the guy who just did what he did. But you, the probability is going to say that the more you got, the more chances is going to happen. Just period. Just period. And that's just my thoughts on that. I'm just tired of everybody being so individual in how they live in this country. It's always what I want. What's better for people in general? And I don't think anybody can make an argument. I don't care how strong you feel about two-way rights. And I'm not targeting you, Gary, because you like you know you're my brother. I'm talking about in general. But I don't think there's an argument anybody can make that says that guns are a necessity to life. Like food, no. water, shelter, and clothing. I don't think anybody can have a conversation with anybody and sell them on this is a necessity to life versus a want. And I'm gonna just leave it there. Ashley, we'd like to thank you for having for ha- uh, thank you for coming on. It was amazing to have this conversation with you. Do you have any parting shots, closing words before you before you uh, we exit? Um. First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, and I would just like, I would just like to reiterate that. Um, well, I just wanted to point out that most of the guns that, well, all of the shootings that I've read about are legally purchased. Mm-hmm. So they're not these guns, like I said, that they've gotten from arms dealers and things like that. Most of the guns that are uh, illegal on the street are actually guns that were stolen from somebody's home. That actually like had them legally, but they weren't secured properly. So like the teenager that was behind you broke into your house and stole your guns. Like 
most of the guns that are out on the street are not from some arms dealer that brought them over from overseas and they're selling them to you. That's not the case. And also these so-called criminals that these people are trying to protect themselves by having AK-47s and AR-15s in their homes, uh, they're not the ones that are committing these crimes, these mass shootings. It's not the drug dealer up the street that's going to a school and killing children. Um, It's the teenager that lives next door that probably needed mental health care and didn't have access to it, but was still allowed to have access to these guns. Um, And I think that we do need to blame the shooters and stop using mental health as a scapegoat and stop using them being bullied as a a reason for them to do this. I also think um, we need to stop calling, like making it seem like they were possessed by some type of evil that made them do this. Uh, I think that we need to just be honest with ourselves about where we failed as a society that allowed him to commit this horrible crime. Um, Mm. And I just, people need to stop passing the buck and take responsibility for where we failed as a nation. But I could go on and on about gun control. So, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. But thank you for having me. Absolutely, P. Where you at? Ash, thanks for uh, for calling in. Uh, we appreciate the conversation. Uh, it's been, like CEO said, it's been one of the best months we've had this season. So, uh, listeners, I guess you can look at this as quality over quantity this season. Uh, we've we've done some really good episodes uh, now in regards to what we talked about today. We got to start finding some empathy as a country. Mm. If nothing else, have some empathy towards kids. I don't give a fuck if you don't have any empathy towards me. Give a fuck about children enough to care that they're safe in school. Enough to care that, you know what? If you're a cop, you protect that child with your life. If you're an adult, protect that child with your life. There lies the problem. People do not care enough. They only care about themselves, the selfish motives. I got mine to help everybody else. And that's an unfortunate place for us to be as a melting pot. You know, and I, it just still pisses me off, man. And you know, I, I'm I'm gonna leave it at that. You know, we've been we've been talking for a minute. My jaws hurt, <laughs> and I need to like put some ice on this motherfucker and Max. take some more medicine. So, uh, oh, yeah, man. man, I that's 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 all I got, bro. That's hey, it. Ash, that's, thanks again. That's real, man. This has been Seal and the Doctor. Uh, we appreciate anybody that stepped in, Gary. Thank you for your comments tonight. Um, and yeah, um, just. I would just ask everybody, just love people in general. Think outside of the box. Think beyond yourself. And just have a different mindset when it comes to the value of life. That's all we got tonight. Thanks again.